0: Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. What is or was your favorite class in school? Maybe writing? History, math, P.E., biology, art. When I think back about some of the classes that I have taken, there are a few that I fondly remember and still use some of what I learned in those classes and from those teachers. A few months ago, I read an article about Yale's most popular class ever, It's not a class on history or economics. It's not a class on political science or English literature. It's a class on happiness. What's fascinating is that one in four students take this psychology class not so much to learn about happiness, but in order to be happier themselves. My guess is that most of us have this same desire, to live happy, fulfilling, joyful lives. Given the choice, we would choose happiness over the confession of the psalmist in Psalm 6-6 as he says, I am worn out from groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. Most of us wouldn't choose Tears and sadness over happiness and joy, yet that is where we find ourselves at some point in our lives. We hope for joy, but we know that tears are a part of life because disappointment, pain, and sorrow are a part of life that none of us can avoid. I think that it's the reality of our tears that intrigued me about this story of Mary Magdalene. We don't know a lot about Mary, but we do know that she came from the town of Magdala. Most scholars believe that Jesus transformed her by casting seven demons out of her. Following her transformation, Mary, along with some other women, traveled with Jesus and the twelve disciples all through Galilee and down into Judea, listening to him and learning from him. We also know that on Good Friday, Mary stayed at the cross of Jesus long after the disciples had left. She then followed Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus as they removed Jesus' body from the cross, placing it in the tomb so that she could come after the Sabbath to finish anointing his body, which brings us to John's description of that early, dark Easter morning when Mary arrives at the tomb only to find the stone rolled back and the tomb Empty. Given the events and all of the emotions of the preceding week, when Mary sees the empty tomb, she bursts into tears. As Mary stands outside the tomb crying, she bends over to look inside. Two angels ask her, "'Woman, why are you crying?' Mary responds, "'They have taken my Lord away.' I don't know where they have put him. As she continues crying, she hears another voice asking her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? In the midst of her tears and grief, she doesn't realize that it's Jesus. She thinks he's the gardener. So she answers, They have taken my Lord. As she continues to weep, Jesus says to her, Mary, to which she immediately turns around to see her Lord. There is something about this question, Why are you crying? that not only speaks into Mary's life, but also into ours, our disappointments, our pain, and our sorrow. It's interesting that Jesus lets Mary cry. He doesn't condemn her or tell her to stop crying. Rather, he wants to help her understand her tears. This encounter reminds us that Jesus lets us know that tears are okay. Tears reflect the fact that we're vulnerable, that we're human, that our hearts aren't made of stone. Jesus is comfortable with our tears because he knows that they can put us in touch with our pain. They help us know why we're hurting and where we're hurting. Tears help release the deep sorrow we feel, whether it's over a sin we've committed, a disappointment we're experiencing, the death of a loved one, the death of a dream, Or the physical pain we're enduring daily. In March 1993, the University of Michigan played the University of North Carolina for the NCAA championship basketball game. Michigan had a particularly good team that year and was favored to win. They didn't. The University of North Carolina played an excellent game. And at the end of the game, Michigan made a costly mistake, which caused them to lose the game. With the University of Michigan team already in its locker room, the Michigan coach, Steve Fisher, was interviewed briefly just outside the locker room door. One of the reporters asked Coach Fisher, What are you going to tell your team? Coach Fisher replied, Cry. Feel awful. On the surface, this doesn't seem like a very coach-like thing to say. Shouldn't a coach be saying to their players, we'll win next year, or you can be proud of yourselves, you played a good game, or we did well to even get this far? But there was brilliance in what Steve Fisher said. The brilliance lay in a coach who was helping his players to feel first things first, to address the fact that they felt terrible to have come this far and then to have lost. Until they address their emotions, they would find it difficult to get on with their lives. Sometimes we just need to cry. Jesus understands that we need to experience our sorrow, deal with it, not deny it, because denial never leads us to healing. As difficult as it is to embrace the realities of life, the things that make us cry, it's imperative that we do so in order for healing to take place so we can move forward in our lives. But moving forward in our lives is never just about discovering who we are It's more about discovering who Jesus is. This question is not just about our tears. It's about the presence of Jesus in our tears. Even though Mary thought she was all alone, she discovers she isn't. Jesus is there with her the entire time. Those times when we feel most alone, when we're tempted to believe that we're all by ourselves, that we're forgotten, and that no one else understands, we must remember and recognize that God is with us. He hasn't forgotten us or abandoned us. Rather, God comes into our sorrow, our pain, our disappointments and losses, our sin to say, I am here with you. You aren't alone. When our hearts are breaking and tears are filling our eyes, our lives, God gives us himself. We find this promise of God's presence all throughout scripture. Deuteronomy 31.8 tells us, God will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Matthew 28.20, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. No wonder the psalmist in Psalm 139:7 ask, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? The security and refuge we find in God's presence is life changing. It's interesting how our crying changes as we age. For most children, tears flow freely. They aren't worried about who sees or hears them crying. They just go with it and are often able to express what they're feeling, what they want and need. For most adults, we struggle with tears. We apologize for crying. We're uncomfortable with tears, whether they're our own or someone else's. We may even find it difficult to completely express what we're feeling and what we need. We were reminded of this truth of children's tears with our three-year-old granddaughter a few weeks ago. We were invited to her Sunday school class to share what we do as pastors. When we had finished and were getting ready to leave, I happened to glance over at her to begin to see her bottom lip Quiver As she asked us, where are you going? In a matter of seconds, she moved from her chair into her grandpa's arms in a heap of tears, saying, I don't want you to leave. Wes and I looked at each other. We looked at our watches, knowing the 11 o'clock service was coming quickly, but said, we can stay a little bit longer. To which she replied, can you wipe my tears? There are times in life when we all need someone to help wipe our tears, to assure us that we aren't alone. God often assures us of his presence through an inner awareness that he is with us. But he also assures us of his presence. He comes to us in the presence of his people. We all need someone with whom we can share our tears. We need someone who lovingly listens to what's going on in our lives, someone who sits with us, someone who walks this journey with us, who loves us, prays with and for us, and is simply present with us. Knowing that we're not alone reassures us, gives us hope, and a sense that we're going to come through this. Dallas Willard tells about a young boy who, frightened in the night, tiptoes into his father's room. The child in the dark, knowing his father is present, is enough to take away his sense of fear and aloneness The boy asks, Is your face turned toward me, Father? Yes, replies his father. My face is turned toward you, allowing the boy to relax and fall asleep. The peace and comfort we find in the presence of God and another person is profound. It's one thing when someone is with us and it helps us know that we are not alone. It's something else when that person knows us, understands us, accepts, and loves us. Isn't it interesting that what draws Mary out of her despair is the realization that Jesus is with her when he speaks her name? In the midst of her sorrow and tears, it's a pivotal moment when Jesus says her name. Her life is completely changed in one word, Mary. Several years ago, when Wes was walking across campus, he spoke to a college student calling him by name. You can imagine how surprised Wes was when a couple of days later he received a handwritten note from the student telling him how much it meant that Wes called him by name. The student explained that he was so discouraged that he was ready to drop out of college, pack up his things, and return home until Wes greeted him by name that day. That brief greeting Help change him and the direction he was going. Don't you wish you could hear Jesus when he says Mary's name? His voice must be filled with love and compassion. Mary, no one speaks her name like Jesus. No one speaks our name like Jesus. Even though our circumstances may remain the same, when we hear Jesus speak our name, recognizing his presence with us, we begin to gain a new perspective on life and everything that is happening because we realize that he is with us in our tears and pain. Do you ever wonder why Jesus is so sensitive to the tears of others? Perhaps it's because he sheds them himself. Why is Jesus so understanding about disappointment, pain, and sorrow? Because scripture tells us he is a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. David Seaman says that Jesus' sorrow is the door which opens into the very heart of God revealing that behind this universe is a caring heart of suffering love. God understands our suffering and sorrow, and he suffers with us. Our God is not some distant, uncaring, uninvolved God. He is so very close to us, so caring, with a tender-hearted love, that if we offer our tears, our sin, and our sorrows to him, he takes them in order to redeem them for our benefit and spiritual growth. God loves us so much that he is willing to hold our pain and sorrow so we don't have to. Tucked away, in Psalm 56.8, we find the words of David as he says, You, O God, keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. That's how much God loves and cares about us. God intimately knows us and keeps track of every tear we cry. And he has each one of them in his possession. When we relinquish our tears and sorrows to God, we begin to experience healing as we come to understand that God shares in our brokenness and he weeps with us in our pain. The truth that we're loved and known helps us begin to grieve with hope. This is the promise of Revelation 21, 4 and 5. He will wipe every tear from their eyes There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne has said, I am making everything new. And whatever God makes new is always more than the moment. In the presence of God, our tears are not a dead end, but a means of deeper life with him. Tears may be the result of broken people in a broken world, but God's purpose is to use our tears for something more, to give us a new purpose If we allow God to work in us, we become channels of God's presence for others as God and others have been for us. We are now able to relate to and help others who are going through similar things as we are. We can help others see Jesus in the midst of their own tears and sorrow. We can become a loving, listening presence to someone who is struggling with their own disappointments and difficulties in life. Jesus says in the Beatitudes Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. To mourn is more than just sorrowing over the death of a loved one. It includes all those experiences in life where we may feel crushed, broken, and sorrowful. Some scholars say that this is feeling the pain of so many in our broken world. To know God's comfort as he comes alongside us in our tears and pours into us his loving comfort enables us to become more sensitive to the pain and brokenness and tears and hurting of others. Obviously, I think I have probably cried more tears in the past three years during my mother's illness and death than I did in the previous 55 years of my life. During this time, God has been so faithful, sustaining me and comforting me through His presence and through you, His people. I am becoming more aware that the tears I've shed are allowing me to more clearly understand the tears that others shed. Dennis Kinlaw tells about his daughter and her husband who served as missionaries in Europe while attending language school in Paris. They needed to find a babysitter for their young daughter. After mentioning their need to a Salvation Army captain, they were surprised when the woman he sent them was so badly crippled. She had suffered polio when she was just 19 months of age and couldn't remember taking a step without severe pain. One day, she asked Dr. Kinlaw's daughter, Sally, is there really a God? And if there is, does he care about people like me? And if he does care... Why does he let these things happen? After a moment of silence, Sally said, Marie, I don't have any easy answers to all of that, but I want to tell you there is a God. He is your heavenly Father, and He cares about you as much as any loving Father cares. For their child. And I believe that when you hurt, he hurts more than you do. One evening, soon after their conversation, Marie phoned to ask if she could come to Sally's house to talk. When they sat down together, Marie said, A group of us went to a cafe this evening. We were just a bunch of single girls laughing and enjoying ourselves when a French gentleman stopped at our table and said to us, You girls are having a good time, aren't you? I want you to know that I find this whole picture obscene. I have a five-year-old daughter at home dying of an incurable disease. One of the girls in the group said, Sir, I am so sorry. If your daughter is dying, you ought to pray. Maybe God will heal her. The man looked down at the girl and said bitterly, I've prayed more than any human you've ever seen, and if there is a God, he hasn't heard or he doesn't. Care. Marie said, things got very still, and I knew that one of us had to say something. So I said, Sir, when you stand over the bed of your five year old daughter, who hurts more, you or she? He instantly responded, I do. She's too young and naive to understand the tragedy of her situation. I hurt far more than she does. Yes, Marie said, and while you stand over the bed of your daughter hurting, there's a heavenly father with you, watching over you, hurting more than you do. Marie shared, the moment I spoke those words, it's as if God touched me and took away some of my own scar tissue. We live in a broken world where we will experience sorrow, disappointments, and pain because all of us go through dark and difficult times. Tears are a part of our lives. We cry when we're happy and when we're sad. We cry tears of joy at weddings, when a child is born, or at a reunion with a loved one. We cry when we're struggling, when death invades our lives, when we experience a break in a relationship, or when we receive bad news. We cry when we're in the midst of a difficult situation, not knowing what to do next. Some tears flow freely and easily down our cheeks, while others are hidden deep within us as we wrestle with how to release them. Whatever the reason for our tears, our pain, our struggle, God is is with us and we know that God is always faithful and good and because he is he weeps and hurts with us in our pain will we trust him with our tears father how amazing is your love for us that you are always with us, that you intimately know us and care about every part of our lives. May we experience your presence in ways that we never have before. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.